Welcome to the Seed World Pro Podcast, where seed industry professionals get the knowledge, tools, and peer support they need to grow their businesses and careers. Welcome back to Seed World. This is Jenny Schweigert. Today, I have Link Thomas, a student at Colorado State University and lab technician at Summit Plant Laboratories, which is a wholesale specialty micro-propagation and seed health testing lab. How are you, Link? I'm doing good. Great to be here. Thank you. We love having you on here. So you grew up in North Carolina as a grandson of a tobacco farmer, correct? Yes, I did. I think the green thumb in my family skips a generation. (laughs) That does happen. So you were really active in FFA in high school, and then you were led to Colorado State University And then that eventually led you to an interest in horticulture. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, that briefly and then how you got involved as a lab technician? Sure. Yeah. So starting out, I was taking horticulture classes at my high school in Trinity, North Carolina. And my horticulture teacher was the greatest. And she really inspired me to pursue a passion in science and in horticulture. And I also just loved, you know, for an hour and a half a day during the semester, I was able to just go to a greenhouse and fool around with plants, which is much better than sitting at a desk doing nothing Mm -hmm. uh, for me. And then I decided to apply to Colorado State because I thought if I didn't take a chance to get out of the South then, then I never would. And I came out way West. And something that I always say is that I got lucky with my degree because there's so many people I know that start out in a major and aren't in love with that major for all four years of college. And I just got lucky. I don't know what else it was, but I've stuck with it. My freshman year, I was doing a lot of volunteering because I didn't really have any wholesale greenhouse or other prior experience. So I knew that I had to get that somewhere. So I was volunteering at the CSU Conservatory as well as the horticulture club greenhouse bench where they just grew plants to sell at plant sales on campus. Sure, um, sure. It was really the volunteer work that I did my freshman year that led me to the path to get the job that I have now, which is awesome. Very good. Yeah, very good. So what exactly is your role? You know, what does a lab technician do? Well, I like to call myself the grunt, which I'm totally fine with. But basically what happens in the seed health division of uh, Summit Plant Laboratories is we will get a shipment of seeds that need testing. They can be anywhere from two to 45 different lots of seeds that need to be tested. And basically my job is just to prepare the test for one of my bosses, essentially, to complete the PCR, it's called a polymerase chain reaction, uh, PCR test. And then there is also another test called ELISA. Both of those tests are looking for specific diseases, and those diseases are common in cucurbit or cucurbitaceae, things like your melons, your cucumbers, watermelons, etc. Yeah, that's 
That's basically all I do. <laughs> you know, you said grunt work. One of my favorite speakers that I've ever had the privilege of watching is Colin Powell. And one of his messages is that without that grunt work, no one else would have a job. And essentially, you know, those jobs that people don't necessarily want to do, you know, being a janitor or, you know, working in the service industry, you know, those may be considered grunt jobs, but there are also some of the very most important jobs that there are. Yeah. Um, And I've worked in the service industry. I mean, I love this job. I love what I do. And, you know, I'm still a college student. I understand. I understand my place in the world. You know, you gotta, you gotta get in on the ground level to actually know what to do if you're ever given an opportunity to be not at the ground level. Right. Right. So let's back up just a little bit. I want to talk more about Summit Plant and what is the purpose of the testing that they offer? The more testing, the more science-based deconstruction of, number one, the genetics of the seed that a farmer is intending to plant, and then number two, the actual in-field changes and capabilities that that same genetics is going to perform. I think that that is super important, number one, for the farmer. And then at the end of the day, for us, the consumer, because the reality of this matter is that I believe that the end goal and the real purpose and driver for the work that we do at Summit Plant Laboratories is to first help the farmer and second, to help us in the end, meaning the consumer, because the reality of this situation is that if farmers don't make enough money, they stop farming Mm -hmm. and we can't afford to lose another farmer, you know? So Mm -hmm. the way I see it is we're doing these tests sort of as a fortune teller for the farmer saying, if you plant this seed, here's the percentage that we saw that this will have bacterial fruit blotch or I guess the more scientific term is acidivorax. So we talked a little bit about how monotonous this can be. Um, And you had talked about, you know, counting the seeds, weighing the seeds, grinding, getting them in the test tubes, everything, you know, taking from anywhere 21 days to 12 months and, you know, going through all those processes over and over and over what can we take from your experience and offer to other businesses and give them some nuggets of advice for filling a role such as yours and helping minimize turnover rates? So tell me what keeps you motivated in a position that is so monotonous? That's a really good question. And I think my answer is only going to be for my myself. I Definitely cannot speak for everybody, but for me personally, I view all of this as a means to an end to help a farmer because we get these seeds in to test so that the farmer knows 
that this seed is good and this seed is bad before they plant the seed. Uh, it's all about planning. Another so tool in the for, toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. So for, for me, what keeps me motivated is knowing that there's a very small chance that I will see these seeds in the field on like an actual farmer's field. There's a one in however many millionth chance that I will see this watermelon seed all the way to fruition to an actual giant fruit that's going to be enjoyed by who knows. But the fact that I am playing a part in helping feed people is the whole reason why I even got into this degree in the first place. So that that's what keeps me motivated. Now, I understand that that might not keep everybody motivated because sometimes I think in 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 ag and in especially lab work related to ag, you're not in the field. You're not shaking hands with the farmer. You're not building relationships with the soil and all that. And it's not a very holistic environment, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you can't bring your own interests and own mindset to it, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when we talked before, one of the things that really stood out to me was that you had talked about, you know, when you first got into the position, which for anybody getting into a new position can be, you know, stressful. And, you know, once you had built up your confidence and you were feeling more comfortable, then it became less about money. It it became more about helping others. And so I really, really appreciate that point of view. Let's, let's flip roles for a moment. If you were in the position of someone in human resources that's hiring new talent, what types of attributes and skills would you look for in a, in a prospective hire? Wow. You're giving me, you're giving me a lot of responsibility. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would say just someone who shows up consistently day mm. after day. Sure. And if that's present on there, uh, and that's present on their resume, that's good because, like you said, you want to minimize turnover. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that part of that is making sure that whoever you're hiring knows what they're getting into and knows that that is going to be um, very hands-on, but it's also going to be very repetitive. I think someone who has worked in the service industry, someone who has worked at a grocery store, someone who's worked around food might benefit from, or might have an upper hand. And appreciate it more. Because, well, not only will they appreciate it more, but they will understand food safety a whole lot better and understanding food safety is the basis of understanding how to keep your lab clean. And when you're dealing with diseases, you have to be clean. You don't get a chance to screw up because you have to keep everything clean because if the seed falls on the table and if that seed hasn't been tested, you don't know if that's a vector. You don't know if that's carrying anything. Um, sure. And that's dangerous. Contamination, so, definitely. Yeah. So having having someone that might have a 
food safety background would be awesome. I would say just someone who isn't flaky because that's been my uh, biggest challenge working. It has been, um, you know, working around people that don't show up. Because it sounds like that consistency is very important in making sure that these trials are accurate. Right. And that they're on time. That's- you know, I, I'm not involved in creating a timeline that's sort of above my pay grade, but the timeline that I'm given to do things like get a test prepared for uh, ELISA or to do a PCR test or to, you know, run the autoclave machine for four hours straight. So we need to prepare for that. Like all of that timeline has to be sort of followed to a T, which I thrive off of scheduling. So that's mm-hmm. good for me. Very good. So as a student or someone who might want to get into this area, what advice would you provide to those individuals? I know we touched earlier about how your original volunteering at the Colorado State Arboretum is really what got you started. Can you talk a little bit more about that? When I got the job at Summit, I needed that job really, really badly, which is I think another reason why I've been there for uh, almost three years, because the company came through for me and my boss and my manager uh, all understood how badly I needed that job. But also, I think they trusted me and were prepared to hand off responsibilities to me because of the volunteer work that I had been doing. Uh, prior in my freshman year. And I had had jobs in a grocery store and I had a job uh, slinging burgers, you know, but I didn't really have that tangible horticulture experience. And Mm -hmm. I got that from volunteering. So, you know, for about eight months, I would go in every day to the CSU greenhouses and there was a bench for the horticulture club that I would just check on and I would see, you know, if something needed to be cut back, if something needed to be watered. And that wasn't like it, it wasn't an appointed position. It was just something I started doing. And I was a member of the horticulture club and they were welcome to the extra help. Um, But that volunteer hours really that I just logged by myself um, and the horticulture club signed off on that was it shows your initiative you you, that you are willing to take initiative and it shows your level of work ethic as well yeah show up that's half the battle you know and then you know look you know, forward here three years, you, you have an employer who appreciates you and, you know, looks at you as a person and makes sure that you are getting what you need out of the position. And and I think a lot of that is driven probably by your work ethic. I appreciate that. I like to think that my work ethic has definitely slacked here and there uh, throughout the year, but yeah, thank you. And then it sounds like from where I sit that you've become kind of, you've started a trend on campus 
Um, you had mentioned that once you started volunteering, others kind of saw what you were doing. And so they started trying to take the same approach to get their foot in the door as well. Would that be correct? I don't know if I want to go as far as to say that I started a trend. I think what happened was I started doing something that I didn't realize was a trend in the past. And I mean, you, you look at the professors that have been at institutions for, you know, 30 years, every year or so, there's a handful of people that are really anxious to get to work that you put to work, right? I just happen to be one of those, but I would say my motto is, you know, everybody lift all ships kind of thing. So if I'm doing this, now that gives me an in to offer that to someone else or mm -hmm. to say, hey, just go do this or just show up and say, do you need help kind of thing. But yeah, there were a couple of people, um, especially now I'm so close to graduating, but junior year and this past senior year has given me a lot of opportunity to take those incoming freshmen and sophomore students. And when they're looking for things to do, because I've been here for four years, I can just say this person needs help with their graduate project. This person needs help watering their yard, you know, and then you just point people in certain directions. And that's translated, you know, to similar situations at your job at Summit as well. Yeah, 100%. And there have been other people that have come to me for, for jobs. And if I don't have any leads on any positions, I know someone who does. The president of the Horticulture Club always has gigs to send people to, which is awesome. And so how did you initially find out about the volunteer position? You mentioned you just started doing things. So it, it wasn't yeah, like it, someone posted anything. No, no, not really. But um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it sort of sounds like I commandeered a, a volunteer position, but it was basically like I just, I like to use the terms, I you know created an opportunity for myself. Let's call it that. Very because, good. Uh, yeah. They weren't, um, they weren't advertising that they needed help, but I would show up and I would point things out and I would also just like to be in there because I was a freshman at the time. So, you know, I'm this 18 year old hippie kid from North Carolina, which I definitely am not anymore. And thank goodness. But I wanted to get around people that were smarter than me so I could learn more. And who's in, you know, the university greenhouses all the time? Well, researchers, uh, professors, and graduate students. So that was another driver. But, yeah, just just showing up and saying, hey, you know, I can come in two days a week when you guys – you know, I'll give you guys some time off. Let me start watering stuff. And that was a lot of responsibility for them to put on my shoulders, but I delivered. So here we are. Well, awesome. It's been great getting to know you. And I really appreciate you talking about Summit and 
you know, the process of testing the seed, but also the importance and your appreciation for making sure farmers have a high quality product that they're putting in the ground so that they then end up with a high quality crop as well. So thank you for that. And I I am sure that there's companies out there that will definitely take some um, tips and advice from you as they look for new employees. And then, of course, I think that there's college students who could definitely benefit from this conversation as well. So tell us, how can people find you on social media or contact you if they have questions? My Instagram is linktariant. It is L-I-N-C-P-E-R-I-A-N-T-H. Sorry, that's super long. And then my email address is lpbt.com. Harry Gant, that long word I just said, at gmail.com. You can email me whenever. Um, yeah. Very also, good. if I could be so bold as to give a quick shout out, I would love if your listeners visited the Borlaug Training Foundation website at borlaugtrainingfoundation.org. They're a wonderful organization that I work for. Thank you, Link, for joining us. Really appreciate it. And this is Jenny Schweigert for another episode of Seed World Pro. Join us again next time.